Welcome to the C3 Coffs Harbour podcast. Today's message is a recording from our online service. To join our online church community, visit c3ch.online.church and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoy the message. Hey everyone, so happy to be here once again for online church, uh, diving into our series of Above All Else. Hey, before we get started into today's message, um, just wanted to talk about a few things. We have got renos completely happening at church. It's actually so exciting. There's so much progress happening. And uh, we just wanted to say, if you're ever around and about the area, feel free to pop in during office hours and have a little look around. Um, Hopefully it will all come to an end very soon and then we'll be formulating a plan to get back together on site and uh, we just can't wait for that. We are absolutely missing you all so much. But hey, the other thing I wanted to mention is that in the meantime, we have our open house groups and we have been hearing so many incredible stories about these groups, about people gathering together, all sorts of people coming together that may not have ordinarily hung out before or even had anything to do with each other before, but just coming together for community, people doing communion together, sharing testimonies together, getting together around food. And that is what it's all about. It's all about staying and being intentional about connection and community. So we really would encourage everyone to be part of one of those groups or just naturally getting together with somebody for online church. So if you need a group, if you're looking for a group, head to our website. Uh, Look, we could be lucky and someone might just be able to put that link right now in the chat for you to check out after the service. But um, make sure you get on board with that. Um, That will keep us connected until we return to the building. So here we are, above all else, week five or week six, but uh, discipline number five, simplicity. And I just wanted to encourage you before I get into this, that uh, this series is life changing. I don't know about you. Let us know in the chat um, below how you're liking the series but it is honestly life-changing and um you know there's so much so many distractions and so many things that go on in our life and it's very easy to just go oh yeah there's a series happening and and just just hear the messages on a Sunday but if we can be intentional about grabbing the book getting on board putting aside half an hour a day just to read a little bit of the chapter and applying these disciplines to our life it will honestly change your life. You know, I honestly believe and I'm so passionate that the expression of our faith cannot just be about the Sunday service and about getting together on a Sunday. We are called into a relationship with Jesus. We are called to be disciples. A disciple is a disciplined follower of Jesus. So every day we should be seeking to be closer to Jesus, seeking to know him more, to live in his ways. And a disciple being disciplined is not something that comes easy. It's something that requires work. It's something that's hard. It requires our effort. It requires our consistency. It's not easy and it's not just going to happen. 
But when we choose to be on board, when we choose to be intentional, when we choose to um, be intentional about our growth, we will see our life transformed. And so that's the heart of Justin and I, that we wouldn't just be a, a group of people that get together on a Sunday, but we would be dis- disciples, disciplined followers of Jesus that are growing in our relationship with him. So let's do a little recap. Been loving, absolutely loving this series. So the first uh, discipline we looked at was meditation. Uh, Steve Godfrey from Kingscliff preached an incredible message on prayer. Um, we've looked at fasting and we've looked at study. And so Justin last week um, left us with some homework um, from the topic of study. How did you go with that? Looking through the book of Philippians each and every day, reading it for 10 to 15 minutes and just drawing out things through those practices of repetition, concentration, comprehension and reflection and seeking to find something every day that's new that we can uh, apply to our life. And so those four disciplines are regarded as the inward disciplines and so today we're going to look at the first of the outward disciplines which is simplicity. So I'm going to read a little uh, quote from the book to start with and it says this, when we're truly in this interior simplicity our whole appearance is franker and more natural. This true simplicity takes us makes us conscious of a certain openness, gentleness innocence, gaiety and serenity, which is charming when we see it near to and continually with pure eyes. Oh, how amiable this simplicity is. Who will give it to me? I leave all for this. It is the pearl of the gospel. And that's a quote by Francois Fenelon. That's fun to say. So simplicity is freedom and simplicity brings joy and balance. The Christian discipline of simplicity is an inward reality that results in an outward lifestyle. So it's both inward and outward. Both are essential. We are deceiving ourselves if we think that we can pretend that and and with our lifestyle show that everything is okay on the inside and vice versa. It has to be both. Richard Foster writes this in the book, Celebration of Discipline. The state of my internal being affects the external. It's experiencing the inward reality of simplicity liberates us. Our speech becomes truthful and honest. The outward reality is that we no longer lust for status and position. We cease from showy extravagance, not because we can't afford it, but because it's not what defines us. As freely as we receive, we give. Contemporary culture lacks this inward and outward discipline and lifestyle of simplicity. Because we lack closeness to God, all of our identity and all of our security is wrapped up in what we have, what we achieve, what we own, and things and stuff become our source of identity. We crave things we neither need or enjoy. We buy things we do not need to impress people we do not like or know with money that we do not have. We are deceived into thinking covetousness is, amb- covetousness is ambition, hoarding is prudence, and greed is industry. And until we can recognize that this is the culture that we live in and that this is an issue, we will never actually desire simplicity 
in our life and we'll never seek it out. So we have to consider a new way to live where everything that we do and everything that we are and who we are is not defined by what we have or what we achieve in order to impress others, but we live with a contentedness that Jesus is all we need and that he will look after us. So let's see what the Bible says about simplicity. The Bible constantly deals with the inner spirit of slavery that an adulterous attachment to wealth brings. Psalm 62.10 says this, If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Luke 16.13 says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I love the way uh, the message puts puts it and it says, you cannot serve the bank and God. Jesus saw that this grip that wealth can have on a person. And that's why he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where your treasure is, that's where you'll find your heart. He calls all who follow him to a joyful life free for concern of possessions. And uh, it's interesting that Jesus speaks to the issue of economics more than any other social issue. And I find that so interesting. So if he's speaking in relatively simple days as they were back then, how much more should we stand up and take notice of this issue in the affluent lifestyle and culture that we find ourselves living in today? The thing that we have to be aware of is that God intends that we would be looked after. He intends that we would have all that we need. You know, there are multiple stories in the Bible of God's abundant and lavish provision towards his people. But the issue is not um, the stuff and having the stuff. The issue is how content we are and how, how, uh, how we hold on to those things. Uh, And simplicity provides the needed perspective and sets us free to receive provision for God as a gift that is not ours to keep, but to give away. And so it's all about how tightly we hold on to those things and that stuff, how much it defines us, how much we find our status, our identity in the things that we own and the things that we achieve, or how freely and content we are for as, as easily as it comes to give it away. And, you know, I'll be the first to say that I like nice things. I like having a nice home. I like fashion and having nice clothes to wear. And that is not the issue that we're talking about here. The issue is if it defines us, if it has a grip on us, if it has a hold on us, that we have to have that thing because of how it will make us look. We have to wear those clothes because of a certain... um, I guess, status that it will bring us. And so I don't know about you, but I know plenty of people, sadly, in my life that are crippled and up to their eyeballs in debt because they're trying to live this life of constantly trying to keep up and and, uh, keep up appearances to show that they have all this stuff where underneath it all, they're buckling with the pressure of it all. Simplicity is the only thing that sufficiently orients our lives so that possessions can genuinely be enjoyed without destroying us. So the central point of simplicity is this, straight from the words of Jesus. And it's Matthew 6, 25. 
we have a focal point here and it says this, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and is the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his span of life? Why are you anxious about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O men of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles speak all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But here it is. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. The central point for the discipline of simplicity is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be put into order. Everything will be yours. Uh, so everything hinges on maintaining the first things as first. Nothing must come before the kingdom of God, including the desire for a simple lifestyle. So secularism would call this minimalism. And there has been this shift in, uh, in culture to move away from this um, constant, uh, I guess, treadmill of needing the next thing and more things to move towards this minimal, minimalist culture. The, the trap can be that we desire the minimalism or the simplicity more than we des desire and seek first the kingdom of God. So we have to be careful that the kingdom of God is what we seek before anything else, any of all of these. I love the way this passage from the book reads. It says, so should a person get a suitable job in order to exert a virtuous influence? The answer, no, we must first seek God's kingdom. Then should we give away all our money to feed the poor? Again, no, we must seek first God's kingdom. Well, then perhaps we're to go and preach this truth to the world that people are to seek first the kingdom. Once again, the answer is a resounding no. We are first to seek the kingdom of God. Then in a certain sense, it is nothing I shall do then. Yes, certainly, in a certain sense, it is nothing. Become nothing before God. Learn to keep silent. In this silence is the beginning, which is to seek first God's kingdom. Seeking first the kingdom of God is the only thing that can be central to this discipline of simplicity. Richard Foster would write that the person that does not seek God's kingdom first does not seek it at all. Wow. So that's the inward expression of simplicity is that we're seeking first the kingdom of God. Then let's look at the outward expression because as we clarified at the beginning, it's both. It's the inward expression and then it's the outward expression. The two must be essential. They must be in in order for us to live in this discipline of simplicity. So the inner reality is not a reality, a reality until there is an outward expression. To experience the spirit of simplicity will affect how we live. 
So here's the 10 principles of the outward expression of simplicity. Are you ready? Number one, buy things for their usefulness rather than their status. Buy things that you need because you need them, not because of the status that they will bring you. Uh, buy once, buy well, buy good quality things. You know, we're trying to teach this in our kids now at a young age that um, buy something good, buy good quality and it will last instead of this um, need, instant need for things that will satisfy you for a moment. Um, buy once, buy well. And the other thing that we're trying to teach our kids is this, which is so interesting. I don't know about you, and I'm sure any other parent can relate, that there is this constant thing of, I want this because so-and-so has it. I want this because so-and-so has it. This person at school has this, so therefore I want it. And so it's so interesting that exactly what we're talking about today begins at such a young age, that right from when they're little, they want things. And as parents, how much are we going, no, you're not having it just because so-and-so has it. That is not a good enough reason to have something just because someone else has it. But as adults, we find ourselves doing that without even realizing. We find ourselves wanting this thing because we see someone else has it. And so we have to be so aware of that in our own life. Number two, reject anything that's producing an addiction in you. Learn to get rid of anything you find yourself addicted to, whether it's television, social media, whether it's money. If you find that you've got a grip on money, give some away and feel the release from that of just letting it go. The uh, Discern an, addic an addiction by watching for an undisciplined compulsion. An addiction is anything that is beyond your control. So that's a good way to be aware and um, I guess identify whether something's an addiction in your life. Number three, develop a habit of giving things away. If you're becoming attached to a possession, consider giving it away. Declutter, masses of things that are not needed complicate our life. I don't know about you, but I'm always trying to clear things out and give them away. Sometimes I declutter too much and I regret it, but it's good to just constantly be reassessing what we have, why do we need it, um, and clearing away the clutter from our life. Refuse to buy into the need for modern gadgetry. We're constantly being told that we need the better, more upgraded version of everything that we have. Don't buy into it unless you really, really need it. And number five is to learn to enjoy things without owning them. There is an obsession within our culture that we have to own things. We have to, um, if we have this, it will give us that, um, that feeling and that status and that feeling of control that we own this thing. Learn to enjoy things without actually owning them. Number six is to develop a deeper appreciation for creation. Go to the beach, walk along the beach, feel the sand in your toes, smell the flowers, listen to the birds, smell in the beautiful, fresh ocean air. Um, rediscover the beauty of creation. Number seven is to look with healthy skepticism at all buy now, pay later schemes. They will only deepen your bondage. They are a trap. Number eight, I love this one, and it's this. Obey Jesus' instruction about plain, honest speech. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. I'm going to read this straight from here because I love it. Make honesty and integrity the dis distinguishing characteristics of your speech. 
Often the fear of what others may think or other motives determine our yes and no rather than the Holy Spirit. Then if a better offer comes along, we quickly reverse our decision. But if our speech comes out of obedience to the voice within us, we have no reason to turn our yes to a no or a no to a yes. We will live in simplicity of speech because our words come from one source. Absolutely love that. Be a person of your word. Number nine, reject anything that breeds oppression of others. And this is a difficult and sensitive topic, but does your wealth mean poverty for others? Are you aware of where you're spending your money? Are you aware of how the things that you buy are being produced? Number 10, most importantly, shun anything that distracts you from seeking first the kingdom of God. And it's so easy to lose focus in this and, and, and going about things that aren't necessarily bad. And it might be things like job, position, status, family, friends, and security. All these things are fine. But first and foremost, we must seek first the kingdom of God. So are you ready for some homework? This is what we're going to do this, this week. So simplicity frees us from the tyranny of self, things, and people. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to ruthlessly assess our motives and intentions for everything to do with ourself, our things, and people and ask ourselves daily, am I really seeking first God's kingdom? So if you go to uh, the homework section of this chapter of the book, you will see a whole list of questions under those three things, self, things and people of questions that you can ask yourself. So go ahead and read through that and ask yourself those questions. Make some notes. Be brutally honest with yourself. Remember, this is all about us growing closer to Jesus, growing in our relationship with him, becoming true disciples. It's, it's all good to listen to this message and go, yeah, that was a great message and, and that sounded all good, but let's actually be people that go and put into practice the things that the Holy Spirit is stirring in our hearts today. Let's go away and do the homework and, um, and come back in our open house groups next week and see how we went with it all. So as we wrap up, I'm just going to pray for you guys. Let's all close our eyes. God, I thank you for our incredible church. I thank you for this amazing series um, that we find ourselves in, journeying through this book, The Celebration of Discipline. And I just thank you for every person. God, as we open ourselves up to be changed, renewed, challenged in all of these areas of our life, that you would speak to us, that we would hear your voice. And not only that, that we would obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. We'd be so aware about what you are calling us to change in our lives and that we would be willing to take it up, to do the hard work, to make these changes in our life, to become true disciples of you. I thank you, Jesus, that you are with us. While it's not easy, it's a challenge. God, I thank you that you are with us. I thank you for every person. I thank you for every family. And I thank you that you bless them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about our online services, visit c3ch.online.church and come say hi on Facebook and Instagram.